Good morning, friends, and welcome to a Hasty Podcast. I'm your host, Weston Hasty, and you're listening to a Hasty Podcast. <laughs> I always like to say it twice, just in case, in, in kiss, just in case you missed it the first time. Welcome to my podcast about me. This podcast is about me. No, no, no. I mean, yes. I mean, yes, absolutely. But also, it's about. Uh, well, actually, this one's going to be a lot about me. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Welcome to a hasty podcast. Often, we talk about video games, movies, TV shows, different things that I have encountered in my last week or two that I want to talk about or review or go into detail about. This week, actually, I said this uh, podcast was about me. It kind of is. <laughs> Today, we are kind of talking about me. We're going to be talking about um, my recent hit, uh, how do do I say, my recent achievement, my recent achievement of uploading for 10 years to YouTube as of uh, technically last month, uh, July, I forget what the date was, 14th, 15th, something like mid-July or so, about mid-July marked our uh, 10-year anniversary on YouTube and I did a 10-hour stream to celebrate it. I'm going to talk about um, what I have recently done. I I've, I have reapplied, re-enrolled. I had to reapply, then re-enroll into college after a long time um, away. And those are my two main topics for today, actually. In fact, those are the two kind of big things that I have to talk about um, in terms of topics. I will say my Magic Man Mo channel... Uh, if you're not familiar, I have a gaming channel called Magic Man Mo on YouTube. Check it out if you like gaming content. We do a lot of streams. We do a lot of um, kind of clips from streams, like like smash together like the best parts of a stream. So if you missed a whole stream and don't want to watch the whole thing, I have videos that are basically the abridged versions of those streams. They're really fun to make and they're really fun to watch, if I do say so myself. And occasionally we have other Let's Play videos of a more traditional style. We do variety gaming, check that out. We recently hit 6,000 subscribers, which is uh, very exciting to me. Uh, We're a little bit behind schedule for what I was hoping to be able to achieve this year, but to be fair, I am way, way behind schedule for what I was hoping to have made by this point uh, this year, which uh, is a very common thing for me. I aim for the moon, uh, and then either life or just my own um, my own uh, deficits get in the way. I don't know how to uh, explain it. Life obviously gets in the way. Work gets in the way. Uh, we spent two and a half years of COVID, so you you always know COVID's always looming to jump and throw a wrench in things. Which usually, COVID and work is something that both are the same thing to me because I never catch COVID. To my knowledge, I've never had college. Uh, co- <laughs> college. I've never had COVID. Um, I've never tested positive for it. I have tested. I have vaxxed, um, but I've never had COVID to my knowledge unless I had it before anyone knew what a COVID was. I do remember a point in January 2020 where I was sick, quite sick. I, I never get sick. So this was the, the reason I remember this is because I was quite sick. But that was January. There were no tests for COVID yet. COVID was a thing that wasn't really on the horizon yet. No one knew it was on the horizon anyway. That was very early. So maybe I had it then. Don't know. Could have also been the flu. I've had the flu before. My symptoms were very flu-like. I didn't have the whole taste and smell thing gone. But also my taste and smell suck anyway. So Lord knows 
Anyway, point B. This year, uh, 2022, I'm, I, instead of going back into the past there, uh, 2022, there were lots of videos and streams and things I wanted to have made by now. I had a whole kind of calendar set aside. I do this thing every year where I make a New Year's sort of milestone list. I don't want to call them resolutions because uh, they're resolutions feel like something I resolve to do this. Whereas milestones are more like I resolve to have hit this, th like these goals or these uh, milestones. I don't know how, I don't know how to explain it without just reusing the word milestone, right? I've always had an issue with, since we hit the 6,000 subscriber thing, right? I, I've always had an issue saying I'm going to resolve to hit 6,000 subscribers, right? Like that's my goal. Well, I feel like a, a resolution is something you have to actually actively do, right? Whereas achieving subscribers on YouTube is definitely a milestone. You have no say in who subscribes to you. You can do things that may influence that number, you know, by creating great content, uh, being a really good behind the scenes like marketer, getting your content out there, SEO stuff, blah, blah, blah. There are things you can do to influence the likelihood that the subscriber count goes up, but you cannot literally force people to subscribe to you. And of course, we're not counting just buying a bunch of overseas bots or whatever to just auto subscribe to you. Not counting that stuff. Um, I say overseas. I don't know how true that is. I'm sure there's domestic ones, uh, domestic companies uh, that do that. But usually there, there are different laws uh, in different areas about what you're allowed to do. And I'm not familiar, super familiar with what all the different laws are. I know one of the popular ones, though, that you hear about a lot um, in the States are the uh, Indian call centers. Uh, it's these call centers that they, they just call like a list of like 10,000 names or whatever to spam people. And half the time, uh, the calls are actual honest to God scams. They're just scamming you out of your money. And these scams, whether it's an individual or a group of people trying to scam people, they hire out Indian call centers because in India, they don't have any laws against that kind of um, communication, basically. Whereas in the United States, if you have a giant center, like just calling thousands of names, just blanket uh, out of the blue to basically spam you, that uh, actually violates FCC rule. I think it's FCC. Who's the communications people? I'm not super up to speed on this, but the FCC or whatever, uh, it's illegal. It's illegal to do that. But overseas, there are places where it's not illegal. So one of the big things in the United States, you get calls from Indian call centers because it's not illegal over there to do that. So that's a big one with call centers. Uh, a big one with bots, if I'm not mistaken, I think it used to be... It was a Southeastern Asian country. I want to say... I want to say Taiwan. I want to say that, not entirely sure, I might be wrong. It was it was a Southeastern Asian country, it's been a long time since I looked into this, where one of those countries was really big as a source of uh, bots for basically social media follows, uh, YouTube subscribers, Twitter followers, Instagram followers, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of those countries had uh, was really popular or famous for their different bot centers, basically, where they, they had people coding just bots by the freaking thousands right and the and, and and overseas like in the u.s or europe or whatever would hire these companies in that country to just bot the heck out of whatever social media platform anyway that was really popular for a long time so when i say overseas i'm not just uh i'm not just being i don't know xenophobic about it or whatever that used to be a really popular thing to be honest though full disclosure don't know if that's still the case honestly 
probably should like look into that and see if that's kind of the same landscape as it used to be. Anywho, we hit 6,000 subscribers over at Magic Man Mo. I'm very excited about hitting that milestone. It's a milestone for me. I haven't done really anything much to uh, influence that other than continue to try to hone my craft and make content. I don't make content as often as I used to long, long time ago, but I like to think that the content I make is better quality. I've gotten a lot better at um, cutting and clipping and editing. Once upon a time, you know, nine and 10 years ago when I was making uh, YouTube content, the landscape for video game content like Let's Plays was very different. You basically uploaded unedited streams of video gaming content. Like you, you just playing a game for say 10 to 15 minutes, cut it right there, say thanks for watching, that's a video, right? Completely unedited, you'd make like a, a series of playing a video game 100 episodes long, that kind of thing. That was very popular. Some of you uh, that are in the gaming space might remember uh, at least me, my go-to example of this is the Game Grumps. They always uploaded videos between 10 and 15 minutes long, very short, very snackable. Uh, I think at one point in time they were uploading like two videos a day, which um, is crazy, especially by today's standards of making better quality content and also longer content. So at the time you could create those really short things, spit them out quick, you're, you're golden. And then eventually the YouTube algorithm kind of started to shift and uh, people started making longer gaming content, 20, 30 minutes of basically unedited gameplay was huge. That was a huge thing on YouTube. Game Grumps kind of lags behind in that area. They didn't jump on making longer forum videos until much, much later. But my Game Grumps is my main like example of the way they used to do it way back in the day, those really short videos, but really, um, uh, captivating is the word that comes to my mind, but it's not the word I'm looking for. Anyway, captivating commentary, right? And then it sort of switched to this sort of longer form content. Back in the day, 10 years ago, I could not upload anything 11 minutes or longer because my uh, account wasn't verified. And the verification process, I'm a little fuzzy on remembering how you could do that. Today, you can just verify your account by uh, attaching a phone number to it, basically. You verify your phone number and then uh, as little as a few hours to as many as like two days, um, your account is verified and you can do like uh, thumbnails, longer videos, blah, blah, blah. I forget what all the different things you unlock are, but back in the day, the verification process was a little muddy. I, I think YouTube continuously claims that it was never subscriber based and it wasn't, but it was, it was, <laughs> it wasn't subscriber based in the sense that there was a hard number that it was there was no hard and fast number. You had to have so many subscribers, so many wa like watch views. There's no watch time yet. So there had to be views, subscribers, your account had to exist for so long. It was a combination of a few things and then your account could become verified. Uh, but there were no hard and fast numbers, which is why YouTube continuously uh, says that it was not subscriber based because like technically they never said it was, but there was something going on there. <laughs> anyway, that was 10 years ago. Um, so I wasn't verified. All my earliest videos were super duper short until eventually I did get verified. I could start making longer videos and they were like 20, 30 minutes long, but it was just me unedited and uh, not very good commentary whatsoever. Did not have a, a good presence. Didn't have a good presence, very monotone and not very uh, uh, 
conversational. That's the word I'm looking for. Not very conversational. Just very much me playing a game and just kind of like reacting to it in a, in a way that you might expect someone to react to it if they were by themselves. Like, oh, ah, hmm. You know, sounds. I did talk to the camera. I had watched enough Let's Plays to know that I'm supposed to be talking. But you, you would get the sense that when I'm talking, it's more to myself than to an audience or to a listener or to a viewer. And that's very clear when you're a new YouTuber. People aren't used to talking to a camera or talking to a microphone in the way that you would talk to a person. Uh, that is just not something people are used to saying, so or used to doing, rather. So if you are saying something out loud to an empty room, people usually say it to themselves. I'm sure all of you are just as crazy as I am and talk to yourselves from time to time. Usually it's not open, conversational, loud in a room by yourself. It's usually kind of like muttering to yourself, like, yeah, I gotta go do this, yeah. Then we're gonna do that. What is the freaking Becky upsetting me the other day? You know, just that kind of thing. I don't know. I, I got kind of quiet there, so I don't know how that'll come out on microphone. But you, you know, quiet, kind of muttered, mumbled to yourself, that kind of thing. Now, that was me in the early days. A lot has changed since then. I don't really do the unedited straight through Let's Play stuff. Every now and again, I, I put something out there like that if I think that it doesn't really need heavy edits or if I'm just experimenting with a concept. Um, here recently, I, I've got a few recorded episodes of me and Alex uh, playing Unrailed, and uh, it hasn't released yet, but as a little sneak peek, we played um, some, what was the name of it? What was the name of it? Uh, it was a, like a moving, like a moving simulator. I forget what it was. It was it was a up to four players multiplayer type thing where you had to pack people's stuff out of their rooms and into a loading truck. I've got the I've got the burpsies. By the way, I'm drinking some coffee today. We're on the coffee train. We didn't talk about what we were sleeping. I'm trying to find while I'm talking. I'm trying to find what the heck we played. Uh, oh, it's called Moving Out. It's just called Moving Out. Yeah, Moving Out. Fun little game. So we played some of those two games. I'm releasing those vi uh, videos that we made basically unedited. I've got some edits in there, some cuts, and uh, just a little bit. But basically unedited because it's um, cooperative play. And since we're dealing with both of our personalities, I'm not entirely accustomed to... It's a different dynamic when you're editing for one person. Like, I know what I'm... I know what parts of what I'm saying and what's happening on screen to, like focus on edit zoom twist twirl that kind of thing uh when there's two people involved it's a little bit more thought a little bit more thought needs to go into it. it's a little bit more work so for the most part these videos i'm releasing mostly unedited as full episodes and i have two episodes of each so four all together and i'm gonna so i'm gonna have basically four unedited episodes but i'm actually gonna uh edit them down and clip them like i would a stream like i normally do with streams and make a really uh, uh, chopped up really faster paced, a lot more fun, I think, probably. Um, sort of, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking at? Collaboration. Uh, um, compilation? Compilation. So the two episodes of Unrailed, I'll smash together into a supercut, basically. And it'll, I, I already have plans for this. I think I want to combine the two. We'll see what happens when I edit each episode by themselves into my sort of clip version. If you watch my gaming stuff, you know what I'm talking about. When I edit it down into his clip version, if it's super duper 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 short, I will compile them. But if it's not super duper 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 short, then they'll still be by themselves, but they'll be easier to consume basically because they'll be shorter. Um, anyway, so basically out of recording those four videos, I'm actually getting 
um, as as many as eight videos, but probably about six videos, and then several different shorts and several different TikToks out of. So it's gonna be good, it's gonna be great. That's the, what I usually do. I take content that I make, especially with the streams, and if it's one stream, I usually turn it into a few, like every half hour that I stream is roughly a video at this point. Uh, roughly, it doesn't have to be, uh, it depends on what game I'm playing and how it flows and where I can cut and that kind of thing. So if I have a two hour stream, the stream is basically one video, but because it's two hours, I'm gonna make four new videos out of it. So I'm up to five now. But then also each one of those uh, videos probably consists of between four and five shorts. So we're looking at somewhere between 16 and 20 shorts. So I'm making a lot of content from one piece of recording. And in doing that, I, I play a lot, uh, it feels like a lot fewer, like a, a, a lesser variety of games in general than I used to. But what I do now is that everything that I do is so much more edited and it's uh, really resulted in some really higher quality videos on a whole. And I think they get a lot more engagement and I think people really enjoy them. So that's how my uh, sort of journey has evolved is that over the last 10 years, I focused on in the early days, not editing my stuff, but learning how to make content longer and then making that length of time that I spend talking about a video game interesting, working on my commentary, working on my presence, working on getting a face cam up and working so I could work on my appearance and work on all that. And then now that I've got that nailed down in a way that I feel like is an entertaining personality of some kind, something that at least some people seem to enjoy and something that I'm comfortable with and that I feel like is presentable. Now that I've worked on that, and it's not like I'm done with that. I'm always, I'm always learning, I'm always growing. But now that that is in a place I feel better about, the next part is, it has been, working on editing and crafting and creating and, and, and learning how to use Adobe Premiere. <laughs> That's what that has been over the last 10 years. And I had this huge 10, 10 year celebration stream that I hope to be chopping into many videos uh, coming out soon. We did some Jackbox. We did some Roblox. Uh, Roblox was a very popular series on my channel for a while. We came back to that and played that for a little bit. We played some Among Us. We just played some really popular kind of party games or games where viewers could jump in and join. Something that I definitely was very trepidatious. Is that the word I'm looking for? Let's hear it. SAT word today. Uh, define trepidatious. Is trepidatious a word? That's the first question. It is trepidatious, apprehensive or nervous, filled with trepidation. So I am using that correctly. I didn't know if trepidatious was a word. I knew trepidation was. And then I was like, am I using it correctly? That's your SAT word of the day. Woo! Trepidatious. It means to be apprehensive or nervous. It's an adjective. Anyway, I was very trepidatious in the early days with streaming about letting on viewers onto the stream and possibly derailing it. I'm kind of a control guy in some aspects of my life. I'm very much a loosey-goosey, like, not a perfectionist, uh, let, it, let it ride kind of guy in a lot of other areas. 
in my life and in gaming and that kind of thing. But when it came to the stream and when it came to my channel, I, was, I, I'm, I can be very controlling about the direction and what I want to do. And when you introduce elements that I don't expect and I don't know how to react to, I sometimes I just don't know what to do with the content and do with what I'm doing. I've learned how to be a lot better with that, especially since I edit my stuff. So everything doesn't have to be correct on the first go, especially with streams. They really, how do you do that with a stream? Things don't have to be correct on the first go. And if things are kind of weird, don't worry about it. When it's live, it's live. People people know things can get weird on live. And then when I later turn it into like a video, if I can use the weirdness as a gag or a goof, then I can use that as opposed to being afraid of it. And if it's something that doesn't work, I can cut it and no big deal. Um, so that has been a, a, a quite a learning process to move from streams where I'm the one in control, I'm the one playing, I'm, sh I'm basically shooting a video just live to something that can be a little bit more interactive and a little bit more collaborative with the viewers. And my, oh, talk about presentation and being presentable, my ability to do that with myself in a room that is empty was already a learning curve. And then the learning curve to learn how to do that with viewers who you're not talking to directly, you're talking to on basically a delay, right? Because by the time you say something and they hear it and they chat and then you see the chat, you're on a delay. Learning how to converse with viewers like that live has been a massive learning curve as well. And then not only just chatting with the viewers, but also remaining presentable in the sense that the stream is still interesting, the game is still being played, and later when I go to make a video, it all uh, smoothly rolls together into one, and that I can use both. That me talking to the chat is not inherently ruining the gameplay experience, and that the gameplay experience is not inherently ruining my ability to interact with the audience, and that when I make videos from that content, uh, Often I focus on the gameplay aspect, my commentary, the gameplay, the chat kind of takes this, this sort of side seat or whatever during the video until something particularly interesting happens. I can highlight in the video when chat says something funny that derails me, conversation comes up, someone plays the goddamn shark caban and I have to react to that. Like parts of the chat come forward even in my videos and enhance the video as opposed to what I had initially been afraid of in the past. Uh, detract from the video. So that has been a part of the learning curve, the learning process of uh, these last 10 years going from a let's player, a, vi uh, a really bad short form let's player, variety gaming let's player to what I am now is, which is basically, basically this hybrid. I'm almost a streamer first, video maker second. I'm almost there, except that I just don't have the streaming. I don't want to say I don't have the streaming chops. I don't have the streaming availability to pull that off. I cannot stream, I, I can't hardly stream two hours a night, like five to six times an, uh, a week. Like I, I, I was doing that for a little while um, and I was getting kind of burned out on it. I just didn't have a lot of time to like do other things that I wanted to do with the channel, including like making videos, like editing videos and clips and stuff like that. So I kind of like went full streamer for a little bit, but not for very long at any given time. You know, a lot of streamers, like two hours is like the bare minimum. They, you, you should be shooting for like three to six hour streams if you're gonna be like a streamer. If not longer, some people are insane. They go eight and 10 and 12 hours a, a day streaming, which I wouldn't mind giving a whirl if I did this like full time, like do a week or two where I stream like eight hours a day, like it's a full time job, uh, just just to see if that's something I could keep up with. I, I would be curious to try that, but alas, I have a day job that kind of gets significantly in the way 
um, there. And if I spend about 10 hours a day uh, involved in my job, my eight hour job involves me for about 10 hours because I have my eight hours that I'm at work, my commute, blah, blah, blah. 10 hours a day is, involves that. So out of my 24 hour period, if I spend 10 of it working, now I only have 14 hours. And if I get like six to seven hours of sleep, let's call it seven just to be nice to myself. Sometimes it's less, but that's often my fault. Call it seven hours of sleep, right? I've got seven hours of awake time. So already I cannot do eight hours streaming, not possible. Um, and if I spend each night doing two hours of streaming, I have five hours of, of my time to eat, to sleep, to take care of myself, to laundry, to like just the rest of life. Like the rest of life that isn't those three things, sleeping, working, streaming. So it's not a lot of time. So unfortunately, as uh, the, the years have gone on, um, I, I don't even stream every single night. And I don't even stream two hours uh, every night. Although usually if I stream, the minimum is two hours. We shoot for about two hours. Um, if it goes a little over, great. If it goes a little bit under, well, I don't. I try not to go too far under. But anyway, my point is I'm this sort of hybrid streamer, video maker, kind of hybrid situation after all these years. The 10 hour uh, anniversary went really well. It didn't go, uh, it, it was one of those, um, it's one of those streams, if you're a streamer, it's one of those streams that it didn't do as well as I had hoped. Like, pie in the sky, this is what I hoped to see it hit. But it did do as well as about what I expected. When when I was um, thinking about what to do, how it would go, and keeping in mind that there, I had some really good ideas for the stream that I think would have really popped it off. Um, but I just didn't have the time to prepare for it, basically. And I, it was kind of just a low-key, regular stream, but for 10 hours. So when I sat down, I was like, it's a 10-hour anniversary stream. Kind of a big milestone. I'm going to be on for a lot of hours. So there could be a lot of people that don't normally come on, could come on. When I had my pie in the sky, I'm like, this is what is like what would be amazing. This would be an amazing result if this happened. Um, but then also, realistically speaking, well, based on the hours, based on my usual viewers, blah, blah, blah. Here's about what I expect to happen if I'm more realistic. I was more in the realistic category. It did. It was. It went well. It did. Um, there, there were different parts of it that were way busier in terms of people being on and, and watching. There were times that were a lot busier than other times. You know, people throughout their day move on. They have to go get lunch, or they're in a different time zone, so they're asleep or whatever. So totally understand that. Especially me. I have this. I have a really varied international audience on YouTube. Uh, shockingly, so I, I am constantly dealing with time zones. There's lots of people that say they want to watch me, like in comments and stuff. They say they want to watch me, but I'm streaming like in the middle of the night for them or whatever, or like in the school season when they're in school or whatever the case might be. So. I do know time zones play a factor, and I do know that during the 10-hour stream, I did see people that normally can't make it. They did make it, and that was very exciting. So, I, I did about what I expected I would do on that 10-hour stream. So, it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagina imagination. It was a good stream. 10 hours. Definitely felt way more comfortable and confident that if I wanted to do longer streams, I'm capable of doing it. Back when I was newer at streaming, the long streams were so draining. Like, so draining. I would be exhausted afterward after a few hours of streaming. Uh, two hours has been a pretty happy medium depending on the, how the rest of my day has gone and how uh, energized I am going into the stream. Usually two hours is fine. Two hours doesn't drain me too bad unless it's a, uh, a game with a lot of vocal work where I'm doing a lot of voices. The Inca game stuff that I, I used to do a lot of um, and still need to do some more of because it's very popular on the channel, but I, I've 
kind of taken a break because I kind of finished a, a massive series on Inca Games. They're called Mazniac now. But anyway, uh, I do a lot of voices for the voice acting on uh, those games. The voices and the voice acting takes a lot out of me because it wears down my voice. And when my throat starts to get kind of like scratchy or whatever, I start feeling like I'm sick. Because usually the only time I ever have a scratchy throat is when I'm sick. So if I, if I do a lot of voice acting and it starts to wear down my voice, my voice starts to get kind of scratchy, which triggers something in my brain to thinking in, into thinking that I'm sick. And then my face starts getting hot. And then everything about me starts getting hot. I just start feeling sick. Uh, not nauseous, not like I'm gonna vomit, but I just start feeling sick. And I'm like, yep, I'm tired. This is me being tired. I need to, sh I need to stop. I need to shut up and I need to go rest my voice. I'm not a trained voice actor. I don't know how to do voice sessions for hours at a time. I don't know how to do that. I'm probably destroying my voice and my throat when I do, when I do attempt it. I probably am, but um, I do it anyway because it's fun. Um, but all I'm saying is when I do like long sessions like that, those are especially draining and especially uh, hard on me. But I'm better about that now. So when we did the 10 hour stream, I didn't do any of the Inca game stuff. I didn't do any uh, massive voice acting stuff, but I did literally keep talking for basically 10 hours. I didn't even take any long breaks. I think I had about a half hour lunch break in the middle of it and that's it. Um, I try to keep it as short as I could. I just need to go get food obviously. But no, uh, no, ma no big breaks besides that, talking basically all the way through the thing, and my voice was not completely shot at the end of it. I know in the past that when I've done long streams like that, because I've done actually a 12 hour stream, I've done a, f I think I've done a couple 12 hour streams, I've done one 24 hour stream, my voice would be destroyed. Tw especially the 24 hour stream, you might imagine, my voice would be destroyed. The 10 hour one that we did for the anniversary, really helped me build some confidence that I've gotten a lot better at the streaming thing, the talking thing, and, and, and just all of that in general. I just, I can just sit and talk all god dang day apparently now. Um, so much so that like, you know, you're listening to my podcast where I just sit here and talk some more. I stream where I talk, I podcast where I talk, I shoot a bonus podcast episode on Patreon. If you want to support me and my show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Weston Hasty. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can listen to Weston Wednesday, my patreon podcast for my uh patrons you can check that out anyway i talk and talk and talk i do so much talking just in general that apparently i like to think i've gotten pretty good at talking when i'm not reading off of something i do kind of stumble and i, I do have my stutters and i do say the wrong words and i've had about 10 billion micro strokes in my life not not real not for real strokes but sometimes i swear i think i think my brain is so scattered with the, all the different things that i do that I, I I swear sometimes I just have these tiny little blackouts where I forget what I'm doing I stumble on a word or whatever I, I think it would be fascinating to have some sort of brain scan like having a brain scan to see your brain and its activity or whatever I, I just think that would be a really fun and fascinating thing to do but that's that sounds expensive and I'm not a I don't have access to that kind of equipment anyway that's been my YouTube journey it's been 10 years I'm very excited Thank you for putting up with all of <laughs> that information. I talk about my YouTube stuff a lot on this podcast, but it does take up a lot of time in my life. And we talk a lot about uh, that. I've talked a lot about my job. I'm about to get even busier. I'm about to get even busier in my life. I'm going back to college, everybody. I'm going back to college. It has been roughly five years. I took... Um, call it roughly two and a half year break or whatever with the COVID stuff was not going to try to go back to school during the COVID thing. I had, I had taken a break before the COVID thing. Um, 
for longer than I meant to. I, it, it was roughly two and a half years before COVID and now the two and a half or so years since COVID, roughly. I'm just kind of rough-demating that. I don't really remember the months or which semesters it was that I took a break. But um, I was going to college years ago and not doing super duper well some some classes that i was really interested in and, and really like that was my my thing i like i love those classes i did really well on it. and some other ones i just didn't put the time into you know between work and me trying to do the youtube thing and, and me just not being interested and and a number of other life issues with um some varying levels of perhaps anxiety and depression that went completely undiagnosed that I must have been dealing with because as I've gotten old, older and looked back on those years, I, I realize now that I was dealing with stuff that I was definitely not like actually solving. I was not um, doing anything about and just letting it fester and become worse. I was not in a good mental mindset through a lot of those college years, years and years ago. So anyway, it, it finally came to a head. It finally came to a head where uh, enough was enough. I just could not, I could not physically sign up for another class. Like, like I was just, like, the just, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm looking for the words. Just the idea of enrolling in one more class to do anything whatsoever, I would rather die. And I was like, so that's what I mean by like, clearly I was going through stuff. I was just, so burnout probably. I, I've taken a lot of schooling. I have taken a lot of school years to try to figure out my life and what I want to do with it and who I am and what I'm interested in. You know, that whole, like, you gotta go and find yourself, man. You gotta, gotta go out in the world and take college and meet people and find yourself. I did a lot of finding myself. But I also did a lot of, like, avoiding finding myself, which is why this has taken such a long time to process. I am a guy who does things very slowly and at my own pace, and my pace is very slow. So I, I feel ancient and old, and like this is what I'm doing and uh, doing now is something I, I should have done years ago that I'm like way behind. Like I've got friends that have careers and they, they have families, and like it's it's insane how much further along in their life they feel to me. Now I'm doing my thing. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing, right? I ha I have a job. A full-time job, a full-time paying job that pays my bill. My bills are covered. I live in a place like I'm okay. I'm doing fine. So it's not. It's not like I'm doing things wrong. But when I look at some of my friends and uh, or even just some of my classmates, I feel like I'm behind in some areas um, that I don't want to be behind in anymore. And one of those things is I took so much school. Um, and technically I do have a degree. I do have an associate's degree. It's not specialized in any particular thing. It's an associate's in science. It's the harder quote unquote science, uh, I mean, uh, associate's degree to get of the ones available typically. in at least in my region, I, the way you do degrees in your state and or country may be different, but I'm in the United States. Associate's degrees are about the same every, everywhere. You have associates in science, associates in arts, and there might be another associates one of something else. I don't remember, but the main two are like in arts or in sciences. I, I took one in sciences. I did a lot of science. I did a lot of engineering. I did a lot of math in the early days of my college and found out I hated it. Basically, I just hated doing it, which part of me kind of second guesses that now 
I'm, I don't think I'm gonna throw myself back into engineering now at this point in my life, uh, just because I'm so many years removed. And it's not, I don't think it's the job I want to do or the career I want to have, but I think a lot of the parts that I hated back then actually were heavily influenced by my mental headspace at the time. So uh, the passion of hatred I had at one point in time, I think was perhaps exaggerated. But point is, I did that a lot in my early days of college, which meant when I discovered that it, it was stuff that I didn't really want to do, and I had to basically start over and find a new degree, uh, a new major even rather, to go for and trying to figure out what the frick I wanted to do with my life, that I did a lot of back and forth. I did a lot of major changes. And I switched my major a lot of times. So that'll slow you down for darn sure. And when you're switching your major that many times, um, you kind of get lost a little bit. You're a little bit lost for what it is you want to do, who you are, how much of it matters. You kind of, I don't know. I, I think you I, you just, you're at that point, you're almost going to school just because you're going to school. You, you, like, you're never going to leave. I think that was part of the hopelessness that I was feeling at one point in time uh, going through all those major changes and some of those bad times in college. Now, college wasn't all bad, by the way. I just know that I had a lot of bad, uh, I had a lot of bad, not bad experiences, but like bad I don't know what the word is. My brain was not in the right place. My brain was bad for a lot of time in college. So there was a hopelessness that I'm never getting out of here. I'm never getting out of here. I'm not finishing any of this. I'm never getting this degree. I'm never getting a career. I'm not never getting a job. I'm never going anywhere with my life. Um, which is, was all just in my own head. Like, I could fix that. Like, I could fix that. I just, I think I needed help. I think I needed probably professional therapy help. Because it was feelings and thoughts I didn't know what to do with. But I didn't know I needed help. I'm a, I'm a very independent guy. I do not like asking for help. I like doing things myself. I like th doing things my way. I, do, I, I, I want to be left alone. I'm kind of introverted. I'm not like hard introvert. But I'm pretty introverted. I've learned how to um, communicate and, 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 and handle extroverted people. You know, that kind of thing. But actually in my soul pretty introverted i want to be left alone uh i get anxiety thinking about having to talk to people in public you know phone calls emails meetings sometimes just going out in public where it's going to be crowded i get i get i don't get the anxiety like i suffer from anxiety i get the anxiety that i'm an introvert and it's too many people and i just i ah, it's a lot of people it's it's so it's not the same anxiety. It's just the, the introverted anxiety, if if you know what I mean. It's not generalized anxiety disorder, which some people have, and people uh, being surrounded by people can just trigger that. It, it's not that being around people triggered my generalized anxiety. I don't have that. I had introversion, where it's like uh, people, uh, <laughs> too many. Uh. There is a certain number of people where I am comfortable. Like one on one stuff can be really uh, daunting. That's you get a little bit of like performance anxiety out of uh, conversations with uh, just one other person, unless they're like your best friend and you can hang out with your best friend for like all day. But if it's someone where you're where you're not really best friends, so you're just kind of like friends, or you're just kind of like classmates, or maybe schoolmates, maybe working on a project together or something like that, where it's like, oh, I gotta like be fun and friendly and whatever. I want this person to not hate me because we have to be together for the next hour or whatever it, it whatever it is so you get like that performance anxiety with like one other person my performance anxiety can take a step back when uh, there's like two or three or four people um that's like a comfortable group for me 
Um, and when I say performance anxiety, I'm a, I am a performer. Obviously, I just talked about all that YouTube stuff I do. I do perform in, in front of people uh, live. Um, but even before that, in school, um, I've, I'm a musician. I've been in band. Uh, I've been in sports, so I've you know performed physical feats. That I'm I'm kind of an awkward person, so I've performed physical feats in front of people, and that wasn't weird to me. Um, uh, I used to be a magician. That's where the magic and magic man mo comes from. I used to be a magician, <laughs> so I used to do like magic tricks and shows for people. Um, and it's all a performance. So it's all when I say performance anxiety, it's not like crippling. It's just one of those things where it's like oh, I've got to perform. Yeah, it's it's like just being nervous. Uh, so nothing like that. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm. Uh, I've got all these uh, head issues that some people, honest to God, actually have. I don't have those at at all. It's just you know mild performance anxiety when it's like one on one. But then the introversion anxiety or whatever when it's too many people. Whatever. I think a lot of people probably deal with that. Point is, anyway, I really diverted away from my college thing. Point is, I was dealing with a lot of stuff in the past and just stop taking college and never finish my degree. So, uh, I've been urged on by many of my friends and my, and my family, my parents, trying to tell me to um, get back to college, go finish what I started, at least finish something, finish a degree in something. Uh, in particular, a bachelor's degree in something. Because like I said, technically I do have a degree. I do have an associate's degree. I am educated. I can put on a resume. I can talk, I can put that out there. I've taken so many classes. I am educated. If you watch me on my gaming channel, you probably think I'm an idiot and a moron. But a lot of that is performative, and a lot of it is just the way I play video games. I play video games like a moron. That's how I play games. That's how I've always played games. My brother and I had this running joke. The first time I sat down and played Skyrim, it was like the first time I'd played a video game ever. It was hilarious, and I can't explain it to you. There's no footage of it, but oh my god. You would not believe that I'd ever touched a video game before. It was a hoot. We still, he still makes fun of me. <laughs> and I make fun of myself for like, oh yeah, yeah. Like that time I played, you know, when we're talking about a moment where like, I'm just stupid. Oh yeah, like when I played Skyrim the first time and we just lose it. Anyway, video games bring out my stupid. But if I have to sit down and actually like write something, script something, talk about something, research something, like I am, I am educated in those areas. I, I know what I'm doing when I need to do that. Uh, you, you all probably just don't get to see that side of me very often. It maybe ekes out a little bit here and there. Maybe. I don't know if it does or not. Point is, I am very educated. Um, I just don't have a bachelor's in something. Even though I've started a few different bachelor's degrees, I've never finished one. So, it wasn't until... Um, this is going to sound so cheesy or something. I don't, I don't know. It wasn't until more recently, the last uh, couple months... When I started seeing somebody, um, and we were uh, getting more serious about seeing each other, um, that we were talking about school and talking about what we want to do, and we were just having one of those conversations you have with your significant other, right? And I kind of brought up that, oh yeah, you know, I, I never finished this degree. I started all these degrees. I took all these majors or whatever, and I, I just I never finished. I'm like one class away. I am like one class away from a degree, and she's like. You, you have to go back. You you need to go finish. You're so close. You gotta go back and finish. And and I knew that. I've been telling myself that for years. My parents have been telling me that for years. People have been telling me that for years. Just gotta go back and finish. 
And it wasn't until I was talking to her and she was talking to me and I, I just, I don't know, I don't know what was different about her telling me that I needed to go do it and that she believed in me to do it and that <laughs> we had this like long kind of like conversation and it felt really sappy or whatever and she was talking about how smart I am and that it's just so silly basically that I haven't finished that or whatever. And I, and, and I, I don't know, our conversation, um, struck a chord or something and I'm like, you know what, you're right, you're right, I'm gonna, I'm, go I'm going, I'm going to do that. And it, it took a, it did, I didn't do it right away, but um, I, I let that ruminate for a while. But instead of doing what I normally do, where I say I'm going to do it and then just don't, um, I, I was finally sitting in front of my computer one day and I was like, what would it take to re-enroll to college, to, to the university that I, I kind of dropped out of for a while? Because uh, that was another part of my anxiety. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to reapply. That sounds like it's gonna be a lot of work or whatever, which it's not. But that was just a part of the anxiety or part of the the me just not wanting me being lazy maybe i don't know what it was but i, I just always in my head imagine it's gonna be a lot of work i'm gonna have to talk to people you know like an advisor or whatever i sat down i tried to log back into my university and found out i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't log in but i i found the information i needed to get re-enrolled found out that for returning students it's actually really 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 easy to re-enroll and free didn't cost me a dime i thought i'd have to pay the application fee all over again which i can do back when i first started university i was very broke and i say very broke i was okay i mean i had the support for my parents if i needed it but I, I did not have a lot of money so money was uh an issue in the early days i have a big boy job i get paid big boy money the money wasn't really an issue, but I, it was just one of those extra things that in the back of my head was like, oh, you're gonna have to pay the application fee. And you know, it's one of those extra things that was like kind of weighing me down, right? No, it was actually really easy, streamlined, punched in my information. Obviously they already have me on record. So they knew I was an, uh, a returning student, punched that in, uh, was accepted like a week after, cause it, it, it can take a couple days or whatever for it to be reviewed and accepted. Um, it, like a week later I was like accepted, I told my told my girlfriend about it. She was very excited. Um, took I took a, a little too long to actually try to enroll in classes. I was kind of putting it off a little bit. Kind of uh, part of my just self still resisting the idea like of, of doing this. But it is something I want to do. So it's so silly that I resist it so much because it is something I I do want I do want this. Um, but yeah, for, I don't know if it's some sort of level of shame, maybe, in the back of my head that I had I haven't done this sooner. Maybe that's part of it as well. So part of me wants to say, well, if I haven't done it up to this point, I'll just never do it. And then, I don't know, exist eternally in that shame. I don't know. I don't know why I do this to myself. I don't know why I resist myself like this. But um, eventually I sat down to go uh, enroll. Found out there were some problems. <laughs> Several different problems that needed addressed. Um, but when I look at when I looked at my checklist, I, I took a deep breath and I'm like, you know what? I am kind of skipping a step here because I'm independent. I don't want to talk to people. I want to do it myself. I'm independent. I kind of skipped the part of my checklist that said meet with an advisor first, then enroll. I was skipping that part and trying to just enroll myself. I know how to enroll myself. Like I got on, I got everything situated. Situated. I could literally enroll myself in whatever, basically, so long as it was available. Um, but the key thing is, the one class I knew for sure, for sure, for sure I needed was filled up already at this point. Because I enrolled really late in the school season. Really late. Because it's only recently I decided to enroll at all. Um, so, I was enrolling super late. The one class I knew I absolutely needed to have was full. 
completely full. And I was looking at my checklist, um, and like I said, literally one class away is where I left off from, from finishing. I felt like freaking uh, Brian from the episode of Family Guy where he's got one class to finish his degree. That was like me. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that Family Guy episode, but like that was like me, except hopefully I, I don't like fail it at the end. Like, I think Brian fails it at the end or something. I don't really remember. Point is, I, I used to watch I used to watch a lot of Family Guy. I have no idea what's going on in Family Guy anymore. I don't watch it anymore. But back in the day, back in the day, I used to watch a lot of Family Guy. Anyway, I found out that that class was full, and I found out I was looking at the requirements. I'm like, I need like three other classes. I need like four classes. That is not what I I anticipated because I was hoping I could um, enroll. And I even knew in the back of my head, if, if the class that I need is full or I applied too late in the season, if I can't get it this semester, I'll tell you what, I'll fill out the little paperwork that I need to do and say, I'll just start officially in for the spring semester instead of this. This is the fall semester. I'm like, if I applied too late, I missed out, no big deal. I'll just keep living my life one more semester and the next semester I'll actually take this class for real. I had that in the back of my head. And I'm like, that's fine. But then when I saw, oh, it's more than this one class, it's like three other class. that's like four classes. If I want that in one semester, that's 12 credit hours, that's going to school full time. I work full time, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to do this, I'm gonna have to split into two semesters instead of one semester, because I was hoping to be able to finish in one semester, not finish in two. For one, money reasons, it's expensive. Uh, for So one, for money reasons, uh, for two, for time reasons, for three, my own darn motivation reasons, and then for four, my own anxiety about like, oh my God, I'm going back to school, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be there forever. I got really concerned, I got really upset. Uh, but I saw that there were some discrepancies. There was one thing that it said I needed, but technically I should have already had, but it said I didn't. I had another thing where apparently I needed to take, but I had a class that used to be required, and it's a high level class, um, it used to be required. I didn't see it required anywhere. I'm like, can I just use this for this section? Anyway, I had some questions uh, that I couldn't answer on my own. I could not. So, you know, I buckled down and said, all right, I'm going to email my advisor. I go to my advisor's section in my, uh, my, my college uh, page. My advisor's listed was nobody. There was no listed advisor. I'm like, crap, who the frick is my advisor? I'm guessing that because I enrolled so late, for some reason, some bug on the website, it just wasn't showing my advisor. I don't know. So I'm like, who the frick is my advisor? So I had to go in the main university, um, like basically list of advisors. I had to find that. List of advisors, find my um, my, uh, my my major, my, my college, right? My college inside my university. I had to go find that, find who my uh, advisor should be. Luckily, it was very easy for what I'm going into. I'm going into English. Um, yeah, uh, generalized English uh, for reasons. Generalized English is my is the degree I can get basically right away. I have a couple other degrees that like with more work I could get. <laughs> but the, the generalized English degree, which gives me a lot of options in the future for things that I do want to do. Um, and if it's not quite enough for other things, it would be something that I could come back to and get a more uh, a more specialized degree for, uh, pretty easily, pretty easily. But the one that I f I knew I could do in one semester if everything worked out is the generalized English degree. So that's the one I'm going to go finish. Is a generalized English degree, and luckily English, the College of English basically has one ma main advisor. There's a second one for something a little bit more specific. If I remember correctly, the, the it, it's it's the one advisor for basically all the English departments, and then a, the other advisor they have is basically for just teaching English, which is something that I um, am kind of wanting to do more of. It's actually something that I took many classes for. I have classes for it, so like I'm, I'm most of the way through a teaching English. 
um, degree. And I think it'd be fun um, after I get my generalized English degree to finish the teaching English degree and maybe even down the road teaching English as a second language degree. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will be so English uh, you will you do not understand. Any <laughs> anyway, so if you're if you if I say generalized English degree and you're sitting there thinking, well, what job do you get for that? Or that's not a real degree. Shut up. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I can do with this degree. Anyway, point being. Uh, without going into what I want to do after this, the point is I, I just need to finish this freaking degree first. The point is I need this degree. Uh, I go to my, I, I find my advisor, email her. I'm like, I, I've got this situation or whatever. I'd like to come in in person and talk about it. Cause they offer Zoom stuff since pandemic. I'm a pre-Zoom college kid. I do not want to do anything over Zoom. I want to be in person, face to face, mask to mask if I have to be. I don't care. I want to look you in the eye when, we, when we're talking. Uh, in your real eyes, not through a screen. So I was like, no, no Zoom thing. Can I get an appointment in person? And she was like, yeah, uh, just go to this thing. This is where I list all my times. You basically sign up for an appointment. I'm like, thank goodness she sent me that link because again, on my university thing, that didn't show up for whatever glitched out reason. So I'm like, oh, thank you. So I signed up for an appointment with her literally the next day after I got her, uh, an email back from her, uh, which uh, I sent her an email like late one day. She emailed me back early the next day. Uh, so I signed up for an appointment the day after that. So like really quick process, which was good because we're getting up on school season. I come in and basically as soon as I sit down, which also <laughs> I'm so glad I wore my rain jacket. It was raining. I didn't even think about masks at this point. I just wasn't thinking about it. At my work, it's not mandatory. Where I work, like the small town I work at, no one wears their masks except for maybe a rare occasional person. So I'm not used to seeing masks as often as I used to, like back during pandemic. I showed up to... Um, my, my appointment and, and she puts on her mask or whatever. Like, oh my goodness, uh, do I need a mask? I have one, I'll wear one. She's like, yeah, I prefer a mask. I'm like, okay, perfect. It just so happened to be raining and my rain jacket has a mask in its inside pocket that I've just had there as, you know, in case I need it. I'm like, oh, thank goodness it was raining because I would have even brought one with me. I think she would have been cool if I didn't. I think she would have been all right. I don't know. I wasn't going to press that issue, but <laughs> just a little side thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot. College campus since COVID days might be a little more stringent with masks since, you know, you have students coming from all over the place and that kind of thing. So anyway, I, I just hadn't, I had forgotten all about that because I come from a time before COVID. Anyway, sat down. She immediately knew my, the points I wanted to address. The first thing, because I, I did put this one in my email, the one class I knew I needed, um, which is like a senior seminar type class. Uh, I had put in the email that I'm hoping to get that. As soon as I sat down, she's like, all right, all those classes are full, but... I can override you on one of them. I have one availability on one of the classes. I can give you permission to enroll in it, even though it's full. I can override it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a huge help. Already, that's a huge thing. Because I, I've had issues with that class in the past with getting enrolled in that class. Anyway, she immediately had that knocked out of the park. Um, and then the other three, she already knew. She, she was like, I went through your stuff. She was so professional, she, and she's like new at this too. She's taking over the guy that used to run the the, the English department um, when I was there before. He like I forget if she said he retired or if he just went to a different university. I, I completely forget what she said happened to him, uh, but he's moved on from from my university, and uh, she's just taken over or whatever. So professional, knew what she's doing, well spoken, um, and, and I, I don't know. I just I just was really really comfortable that she knew my situation right off the back. 
and that really helped me feel really comfortable because I, I was very concerned that I was gonna have to take these like four classes or whatever. And she's like, okay, I see your situation. This thing you've actually already accomplished because of these classes. This other thing, technically you don't have accomplished, but I see your, and she mentioned my high level English uh, class that I was talking about. Oh, I'm like, well, I took this one thing and, and now it's not, she's like, you took that and because you're a returning student, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna override your um, requirements on this section so that that class covers it. So you're covered on that. And so that she immediately knocked out like two classes that I was afraid I was gonna have to figure out taking, which it was, it was two sections and they had a list of classes in each section I could take. So, but she knocked off those two sections immediately. She knocked off the one that I knew I needed. Then there was just this mysterious uh, extra one where she was like, this is actually, this section right here, and she kind of walked me through it, is completely brand new to this semester. So you do need to take something from this list. Technically you have, because she pointed out the class uh, that in that section I've taken, technically you have, but you're actually under the new reorganization, you're currently using this class to actually fulfill this other section now. And she showed me the different sections. And I was like, okay, yeah, I see that. I, I, I think I even saw that when I was going over it myself. So she said, so technically, you still need to take one from this new requirement. So uh, as far as what classes are open, I have these two that I suggest. And she showed me the two. And, um, and then she said she covered the one that I knew I needed to take. So instead of taking one class, instead of being one class away, I'm two classes, which is so much better than four. <laughs> so much better than four. It's one more class. But I looked at it and I had one of the classes available was um, I could take at, uh, on the same days that I'm taking the other one. So for me, it's like a Tuesdays and Thursdays. Instead of like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like I cannot be going to school four days a week when I need to be at work five days a week, right? It's just not possible. So luckily, the two classes I need to take, I could get both on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that those are now my days off of work. Now I have to work weekends, whoop de doo I used to do that all the time. I still work Saturdays all the time anyway. I, mean, I work weekends now. My days off are Tuesdays and Thursdays and I'm gonna spend them at school. No big deal. Uh, and that's the situation that we figured out. So instead of one class, it is two, but, and after talking about all this, she said, that would square you away and you will graduate this semester. And I'm like, oh my God, that is such a huge relief. She immediately knew all my issues, all my questions before I could even basically ask them, knocked it out of the park. And I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, I don't I don't have any further questions. You you killed it. And um, I'm excited. I was like, this is amazing. I, you know, when I was going over it myself, I'm like, I don't even know what I can do this semester. If I'm gonna have to put it off, what I'm gonna have to take. I was getting very concerned. Um, she killed it and she uh, helped me a lot in that way. And I got signed up. I technically didn't sign up for those classes in her office that she said it was a personal policy of hers that she does not sign up for classes on someone's behalf. And I'm like, totally fine. I know how to do all of that. I, I've taken, I've signed up for plenty of classes from this university before. I know this, the site looks a little different. The process is a little different. I'm like, I can set up for my own. Uh, Cause she was just saying it's like a personal policy of hers so that it's like, it's not her responsibility that she signs someone up or if there's ever an issue or whatever. It's just a personal policy. She doesn't do it there in her room. And I'm like, totally fine for me, especially as a returning student. And especially as not like, I'm not a freshman. I, I did not need help with that part. So she's like, okay, these are the classes that we're, we're looking at. She she emailed me all the information we went over in um, the meeting. So if I had to refer to it on my own time, I could. On my own time, I got signed up and I'm approved. I'm enrolled, I'm enrolled and I'm, go I'm going back to school to finally freaking graduate um, with a bachelor's. So uh, it's, it's very exciting. And 
it means that potentially after this semester is over, I will have a degree that I can use to get a different occupation that is not uh, managing Subway, managing being a store manager at, at a Subway, which has paid my bills for a long time. And I, the, uh, I've gone through two different owners my previous owners treated me really well. My new owners treat me really well here. I'm not trying to get out because um, because there's any issue with that. Just the fact of the matter is when I originally got a job at Subway, just as a sandwich artist, just as you know, a, a peon part-time working 16 hours a week or whatever it was, uh, Subway artist, a sandwich artist, it was supposed to just help pay my way through college a little bit, pay for bills here and there, and it's just turned into this huge thing. Now, again, like, store manager now, I've come a long ways, I'm in charge of things there, like, it's, it's not just a, a you know, whatever. Um, but when I look at it, like, this was not what I originally signed up to do for life. This is not what I meant to do forever. Uh, it wasn't even in my five-year plan when I got the job to begin with because I meant to graduate all this stuff way, way sooner before life happened. So it wasn't even in my five-year plan, and I'm going on darn near um, next summer would be 10 years at, at that location. So, yeah, I've been there a long, long time, and I think it's long, long overdue that I take Subway out of my five-year plan. I, unless something really drastic changes and I get some job more at like a corporate level at a headquarters or running figures or numbers or writing marketing or just if I'm working Subway anymore, it will not be managing my store <laughs> in the, somewhere between now and the next five years, probably sooner than that. But like if, if you make a five year plan, I don't expect being store manager at my Subway that I've been at all these years already. That's no longer in the equation. For the next little while, yes. So unless I move up the chain or something like that, which now that we have the, the new owners, they have they own several subways, so it's kind of a way bigger thing. They have a headquarters and different job positions and stuff like that that isn't managing stores. So unless I move up the chain and still just work for them, but just not as a store manager, unless that happens, Subway will be slowly phasing out of my, <laughs> phasing out of my life. Um, and I'm, I'm actually kind of really happy about that. It's it's scary because uh, I've been there for so goddamn long that the outside world, it's like it's like being institutionalized in prison. I'm not trying to say my subway experience was prison, but it's like being institutionalized in prison or something where it's like, I don't know what the world outside these bars looks like. I don't know what the world outside this subway looks like. But I'm very excited to uh, find out and kind of just do something different with the next chapter of my life. I think it's been a huge part um, you know, the conversation I've had with my friends, my family, my girlfriend, I recently had a birthday, so I'm, I'm getting closer to 30 and I'm like, I, I think by 30, I should be not at Subway anymore. And I think that's been a huge, that and the conversation, that conversation I had, 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 had with my girlfriend, that and the turning almost 30 thing was a real kick in the pants to say, it's time for the next chapter of my life. I'm not entirely sure what that looks like yet. Um, but whatever it looks like, I hope to be still doing this podcast for the foreseeable future. Thank you all so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm gonna end that's how I'm gonna end the podcast. That's how I'm ending this episode. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, please uh, rate it or like it or whatever you can do to bump it on whatever platform you're listening to. We're available on like Spotify and Apple and YouTube, those kinds of things. Um, 
follow it if you're on like Spotify or whatever, subscribe to it if you're on YouTube or whatever. Uh, do those things that are free and they help a tremendous degree. If you would like to support the podcast with your money, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Weston Hasty. And for as little as a dollar a month, you have access to Weston Wednesdays, my uh, companion podcast. Uh, that is locked away over there. Thank you all so much for listening. Whatever you guys do, I want to thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and wash your hands. I'm out of here. Bye.